Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Happened to Mike Schmidt, 40 year old boy podcast. How you doing? Good. I hope you're good. I'm good. Everything's good. That's about the best we can hope for these days, right? The world's on fire. Everything's burning down to the fucking ground. And here I am talking to you guys at a microphone going, hey, everything's good. Not everything, but this show's good, certainly. Uh, it's, I mean, well, the first 11 seconds were. <laughs> Who knows? It could bottom the fuck out eventually, right? Um,. I think it's okay. I don't know. If you, I think I sound good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you right now, although you can't really tell me, I suppose, unless you could just shout it into the ether and hope it floats to me here in Southern California. Uh, do I sound okay? Because I think my voice, I like it, and I think it sounds all right. Uh, but at the same time, my voice sounds a little, it's kind of fried and fucked because I was on Twitch today. Uh, I went back. To, we're back on Twitch. We're rolling. Hopefully, I got a regular schedule rolling. And uh, we were streaming on there today and screaming. That's why my voice is fried. I was streaming. That's you know what? That's the new show I have on Twitch. Streaming and screaming. Go ahead and check that. Streaming and screaming with Mike Schmidt. Check this out. Uh, he's streaming and he's screaming. That's a bad theme song. I'm not gonna lie to you. Do 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 do. He's streaming and screaming. He screams, 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 streams, streams, streams. I think I may have stolen this from The Simpsons. Uh, but why wouldn't you watch Streaming and Screaming? You're going to watch that show. By the way, you, you think that's a great show? How about Fried and Fucked? I, I, I think that that's my new cooking show. I go ahead and pitch that all over town and get that job eventually. And and I look, I'm look. you might have a problem with uh, with Streaming and Screaming. Maybe that's not your bag. Maybe that's not your cup of virtual tea. And you want to tune in to watch me Streaming and Screaming. But I defy you. I dare you. I fucking draw a line in the sand and dare you to step across it and tell me that you wouldn't watch my show Fried and Fucked. There's no way. You sit down with a remote in your hand, you tune that in with me and hopefully my fucking co-host, Jada De Laurentiis. Oh, 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 hey, you're going to tune into that every goddamn day. Hi, I'm Mike, and today, Jada's going to help me make fried chicken, and I'm going to help Jada get fucking railed. Uh, so tune in. <laughs> Let's watch that. Let's watch this half-hour show. By half-hour, I mean 30 seconds, because I don't know how long I could last with fucking Jada and that giant mouth. That is... I, I I half expect her to do a cooking show sometime and open her mouth and then fucking Geppetto falls out. I mean, that is a giant mouth on Jada De Laurentiis. And I love it. And I, so I would have nothing for her. You know, I'm, I'm normal cock Wilson. I mean, I'm not going to fucking have anything that's going to throw her off her game because she's the blowjob queen. She's been with a million guys with a bunch of giant cocks. And then sure enough, I walk in. I mosey into town and I'm like, 
sorry, man. Six by five is what I got for you. I, I, I know for you, that's a tic-tac, but we'll do the best we can, and I'll just try to make up for it by eating your pussy to your head caves in. Can we do that? Can we make that deal when we make that happen? Uh, this is so disrespectful. She's a lovely woman with terrific. I follow her on two separate Instagram accounts, which probably says a lot more about me than it does about her. She has the Jadzi where she puts up recipes where she's making like, you know, fucking cacciatore with squash. And I'm like, ah, fuck. I literally, I don't give a fuck about cacciatore with squash. I'm hoping they'll just show her in a bikini at some point. That's it. And then her personal account does that. But I also feel bad because I follow her personal account because she'll look, she's a lovely woman. I, I, I can't stress that enough. Uh, and you know this, I'm not telling you any tales out of school, but my favorite part is sometimes, um, you know, John is on TV and, and like I said, she's got that mouth that's just going to swallow the fucking world. So you see her and you're like, oh man, that's a you know very attractive woman. You think she's normal sized. And then they'll put out a picture of her standing next to somebody and you're like, holy shit, is, John, is that... That may not be Jada. That may be a keychain. And, and somehow it looks like Jada. I'm not sure. She looks like the tiniest. She is a little wedding cake lady who just walked off the top tier and just smeared frosting in your goddamn eye. I mean, she is a uh, she's a little slip of a lady. And and uh, and look, I like that. I'm a fan. I'm not going to lie to you. I like a, I like a, uh, a thin, small. Uh, I like everybody. What the fuck am I? I? I can't even pretend that I have a type. I don't have a type anymore. Hey, do you like me? Guess what? <laughs> I'm going to follow you around like a fucking puppy until you pet me and go, I like you too. Yay. That's why you do a podcast for 12 fucking years. You know, otherwise you'd move on and go on and do so- something else with your fucking life. No, man. I sit at a microphone and I bust out a goddamn show for you guys and insert myself into your lives for 12 fucking years because I want to hear boys and be told how much I'm liked or loved. Love me. goddamn it. Like me. Well, like me. I guess I'll see. You know what? At this fucking point, after 12 years, I'll settle for liking me after a, after a fucking dozen eggs. I'll go ahead and hope that 12th one likes me at least. I wanted love the first 11 eggs. This 12th egg, crack it open. If there's a like in there for me, I'm fine. Uh, Don't break the yolk. Do not break my yolk. Uh, Let me ask you this. When you go to a restaurant, do you get an egg on your burger? I like eggs on my burgers. I just recently went to a place and they had egg on the burger. I went to two different places that had eggs on burgers. And, uh... I don't get the sunny side up egg. I don't understand it. I'm not from that world. I Because the sunny side up egg is, is, you know, it's got the bottom, which is the white, and it's fine, and it's cooked. But then the top, you know, there's the yolk, which is, look, it's it's certainly the, the orbiting sun of foods. I understand that. It wants to look attractive. It wants to say, hey, look at this goddamn egg. It's staring you right in your goddamn eye with its own orange jaundice take. But, uh, but then it's got that thin membrane of uncooked white on there. Which, uh, by, by the way, I think it's a congressman from Orange County, California. Thin membrane of uncooked white. I, you could put that on the ballot. I'm telling you right now, there are certain parts in this country. If you just put thin membrane of uncooked white, it gets the votes. It's in the House. You want a sunny side, epic, uh, sunny side up egg deciding your future? Go ahead and do it. I'm not going to argue with you guys. It seems like we've got that these days anyway. Right now, there's fucking 15 bowls of cream of wheat plain deciding what the fuck's going to happen in this goddamn nation. So why not throw a sunny side up egg? egg, egg, I can't even say that. That's a thing you can't say fast. Sunny side up egg. Because I want to say sunny side egg, sunny side egg. But sunny side, the up fucks me up. It trips me. Again, fried and fucked. That's the throat. That's the voice. That's the mouth. That's what's happening today. Fried and fucked with the sunny side up egg. I said at that time. All right, good. I just got to banish it from my system. If I say it once, I'm okay. Sunny side up egg. There you go. Done. Um, but I don't understand the 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 chef's fetish. I get <laughs> that's another cooking show. <laughs> God damn! I'm gonna make my own food network. It's gonna be fucking amazing. I'm gonna have uh, chef's fetish and fried and fucked. 
And uh, and let's put screaming and streaming on there too. I can do some food in there. I used to do yogurt talk when I was doing Twitch. We'll call that a fucking cooking show. Let's and it doesn't have to be a cooking show because a lot of those fucking shows on on the the cooking network, they're not even cooking shows anymore. They got that show with like the the fucking worst cooks in America. Here's the, the look: worst cooks in America is terrible. All right, because here's what they do: they find some electrician. Who puts an egg in a toaster? And they're like, let's give that guy a fucking television show. And I'm like, fuck you, man. Nobody wants to watch idiots stepping on their dicks in a kitchen. And then it turns out I'm always wrong because there's always a new season of Worst Cooks in America. And I just think that people are getting off on the incompetence or whatever. I think we got enough fucking terrible things in, in people not doing their jobs correctly. You got to do whole fucking shows dedicated to guys who try to make toast with a fucking blow dryer. I mean, get the fuck out of here. Not interested. Why are all my breakfast foods involved, by the way? Doesn't, doesn't everybody fuck up dinner in these shows? Some guy some guy who just puts a, he tries to cook a turkey with a lighter. Get the fuck out of here, man. But every time, and again, I haven't... It's, it's a real void in my life. I haven't watched Food Network in a while. So, by the way, I, as I'm pitching these shows, they could already exist. There might be a fried and fucked with, with somebody else already. Ina Garten. Maybe she's doing it with Jeffrey. Jeffrey and Ina Garten are doing fried and fucked. Um, but there's that. But I, So, I haven't seen Food Network in a long time. But it seemed like every time I did have it and I would turn it on, they would be doing a new Worst Cooks in America. And it was, again... These people, and look, they're just, it's an improv troupe. You, you don't even need to go get individual people. You can just cast an improv troupe to fuck up in a kitchen. And that's it. There you go. You got eight weeks of shows with fucking Tyler Florence and that. Who's that other big fucking chick with the goddamn blonde haircut? I hate Ann Burrell. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. How sad am I that I know the names of all of the goddamn house Negroes over there at fucking Food Network? Every every show you got, Ann Burrell's on every show. She's yelling at the worst cooks in America, or she's taking a tour to show you the best coffee shops in fucking Dover, Delaware. I'm like, all right, great. Ann Burrell's running the show. Uh, there's a show guy they did it with Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri has like fucking, and I'm not I'm not shitting on Guy Fieri. That guy's a fucking cottage industry. Uh, I, I I'm willing to bet he's a good cook. He just, you know, his fucking whole personality rubs you the fucking wrong way because you're like, oh, Jesus, what happens if a Hot Topic exploded and uh, and a, just like the Terminator walked out of it? That's Guy Fieri. He just comes walking out that shock of fucking crazy heat miser fucking blonde hair and the goatee that he doesn't die. I don't know. Anyway, so and, and his, what's his real name? Isn't his name like Joe Fears? I don't know. It's it's Guy Fieri. But but it's. I don't know. I can't remember his real name. And what's the point? Who cares? The guy wants to be Guy Fieri. And he's a fucking, he's a, a master at it. He's, he's, there's, nobody could be Guy Fieri more than Guy Fieri. I, I just like saying Fieri. Uh, he's, he's the Guy Fieriest of all the Guy Fieris. If there's, right now, if there was a, another hundred Guy Fieris on the planet, they couldn't combine into a Guy Fieri Voltron strong enough to defeat the original Guy Fieri with his fucking blonde hair and his rings and his fucking bracelets. And, but here's the thing with him, and, and I, I look, I'm going to say this, and it's going to be controversial, and you can come for me if you want. Get out the long knives. Guy Fieri, I, I love him. I do. I really like him. He's a genial presence. I like him on his shows. I think he does a great fucking job. Uh, he's exposing people to, like, small holes in the wall, and he always acts enthusiastic when he goes there. He's just like, ah, dude, what, you make corn? Holy fuck. Let's take this corn to Flavortown. And everybody's like, and because and, that's great, because there's some 75-year-old woman who's on some shitbag diner making lobster rolls for tourists who spit in her fucking iced tea, and she's like, I can't believe Guy Fieri liked my fucking corn. She's, she's over the moon. She's dedicated her life to making corn in a roadside diner and then all of a sudden this blonde god swooped in with his spray tan and his fucking bugle boy shirts left over from a million years ago and he's just like holy fuck you make corn i can't believe it it's the most delicious corn i've ever had on this corner she's been on that corner for 75 years of course it's the only corn you've had in that corner it's corn corner for fuck's sake and then you show up there and you eat her corn you tell her it's delicious and she loves him 
How can you? How can people shit on Guy Fieri? I don't understand. He just shows up. And, and look, I know I'm getting close to that guy's bit. I should fucking pull back a little bit. I don't mean to. Um, but he is. He's just. He's just a good guy who wants to wants to help people. Now look. I, this is camera image. I know I've heard off camera. He's groping boom operators. You know what I mean? He's he's he, and he, uh, here's the even worse thing I heard about him. He doesn't really like the corn. Oh, that's that right there. He has the corn on camera and he's like, ah, I love your corn. Mamma mia. And she's like, yay. And then they turn the thing off and he spits the corn in her face. <laughs> Take that. Could not care less about you or your corn. Enjoy your TV spot. And he walks off, climbs into the fucking convertible and zooms off to Flavortown with his kids. See, that's what I was going to get to. That's the thing that bothers the shit out of me. Guy Fieri does his show. Good for him. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. What a great move. He was the first winner, I think, of their fucking America's Top Chef or whatever the fuck. So now he does his own show, which is great. And he kills it, and he's fucking killing it. But then he becomes this cottage industry. So then they start shuffling him around. And they're like, hey, diners, drive-ins, and dives. It's Guy Fieri. Hey, what if we went into Guy's house and we did Guy's Big Bite? We showed him cooking for the Super Bowl. Hey, what's this now? Uh, Guy Fieri has a grocery store. Inexplicably, Guy Fieri owns a grocery store. And he's got three chefs who are infinitely more talented than him. But now they're going to sit here and they're going to judge people making uh, supermarket sweep type dishes. Remember supermarket sweep? It was just a guy with the worst sweaters you've ever seen in your life, sending people to go buy earrings and trying to get to it. Oh, no, actually, bullshit. That's fucking, that was the mall one. I'm mixing those two up. Supermarket Sweep, although I think Sweater was on Supermarket Sweep. That's where you had to run down the aisle. And that show was fucking gorgeous because Supermarket Sweep would have a host. And he'd ask ask a trivia question. be like, how many eggs are in a dozen? And it been, yeah, Wilson, uh, uh, a dozen? Yes, of course. And then they would all gather points. And it meant that's how how many minutes they could spend in the supermarket sweeping. So then they'd get the cart and they'd burst into the store. And and this is the best part of the whole show. Uh, They had some disembodied voice describe the action. Like there was no, because again, most game shows, you're asking questions. There's people sitting at a counter. There's hands-on buzzers and all that bullshit. Supermarket sweep is just a dead sprint with people in comfortable shoes trying to grab jars of pickles that are expensive and a fucking God narrator just going, and she's down in the pickle aisle. Oh, is she going to go for those dills? No, she's going for those sweet gherkins. And that's the special magic ticket today. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? How did he look into the gag- that gig? Because normally announcer guys are just like, it's supermarket sweep. Here's your host, Sweaterfuck. And then he walks out. But then instead, this guy got to call all the action. Sweaterfuck had the easiest job in show business. And by the way, I recognize how ridiculous it is to put supermarket sweep in show business, but it belongs there. It was on my fucking television for 80 fucking years. And uh, and that dude had the, that quaff, that weird fucking quaff that like that like he had the kind of hair that if a beagle like, like if, if, a, if a fucking beagle dog could grow a hairstyle, it would be the hairstyle on the guy from supermarket sweep. He just he just looked like a grown up beagle in a shitty sweater. And then he sent people off to go grab Dristan. Oh, man. You know that dude went to acting school. You know that guy went to college for theater. He was fucking in Shakespeare plays in college. And he graduates. He comes out to Hollywood and he send people off. Hey, I hope you got your sprinting shoes on. You need to go find four four pounds of budding turkey. There you go. That's what my theater degree led me to do. To wear the ugliest sweaters on the planet that will fry your retinas right out of your fucking head. And then I get to send fat people from Iowa off on a sprint to go find neck bones because it's the magic ticket today. Oh, look at all this investment. And again, that guy's just counting his money. 
He's happy with his beagle hairdo and his fucked up sweaters. But in his darker moments, you know, he was like, God damn it. I was Othello in school. He was so fucking furious at where he ended up. That's the best part is whenever you watch any of these dudes. Just, just You want to take them off at the knees. You want to see somebody acting like a fucking smart ass and some guy who owns a guy, you know, some, like running a game show or whatever the fuck. Just think to yourself, this, and again, I'm not shitting on game show hosts. I would take the job instantly. Are you fucking joking? That's all I would do. I would be fucking captain game show. I want it. I, I need it. I love it. But at the same fucking time, if some, if you ever get some guy like hosting a game show and the ex, like, cause I, I always like say Jack was super cool to me. That's fine. But then you hear these things like say Jack's not the best guy. And, uh, and he might be a bit of a lush and whatever the fuck. I don't know. I, I, but who gives a shit, right? Do you give a shit if Pat Sajak's a lush? Why wouldn't you drink? You're, you're, you've been searching for vowels for 45 years and getting paid millions of dollars to do it. I would drink just from the imposter syndrome. Just, just from going, hey, how did I make $100 million being amiable? That doesn't seem like it's something that should be possible in this country or this world. I mean, there are people starving. There are people, like, literally, they're, they're trying to pick out vowels just so they get something shaped like an A so they can scoop dirt into their mouth and not die that day. All right? That's what those people are fucking doing. Meanwhile, Van is wearing an outfit that costs more than the fucking GDP of Ethiopia, and she's walking around tapping Zs. What the fuck? That's perfect. Good for her. She's a Z-tapper. Nice job. And, and and so you and if you think Sajak has imposter syndrome, what the fuck does Vanna White have? She's just like, hi, I'm a, I'm a ghost in a dress who shows you an R. I mean, that's a fucking beautiful gig. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not I'm not again. I'm not shitting on anybody. Get your gig, make your fucking money. But if anybody ever ever acts the fool, like if Supermarket Sweep is being a dick to you, just know that at some point he has a couple of bourbons and he thinks to himself, motherfucker, you know what, man? I, I, I play I played fucking King Lear and now I'm in the ugliest sweater known to fucking man and I'm forcing people to go ahead and run down jars of Jif peanut butter. Crunchy, not creamy. Creamy's not the magic ticket. You know he lost his mind at some point during the taping. You fuckheads. I said crunchy, not creamy. Who the fuck do you think you are? This is supermarket sweep. This is my fucking dojo. Go get the crunchy peanut butter or get the fuck out. Cut. Yeah. Uh, wow, Greg. Uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do a second take on that if it's possible. Uh, I was fucking King Lear, damn it! Oh, ho, ho, ho. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore out there, Romeo? Yeah, King Lear didn't say those lines. It's the Bard. Okay, um, we're gonna go again, and we're gonna go from crunchy peanut butter. You got to back it up. Would you like? Now let me ask you this: Should you? Should you change sweaters? Would you do that? Because because uh, maybe maybe that's what it is. Is this sweater? Is this not? Is this bringing you down? He could do that too. He could change sweaters in in the middle of a show and you'd never notice. He, his sweaters. He could. I bet that guy wore four sweaters a show and you never knew it because they were just subtly different every single time. His sweaters were like Rorschach's mask. They just changed every time he got heated up or he was upset or the game was exciting. The colors would move and they'd fucking form around. Uh, they, they would tell me they brought the Jif crunchy peanut butter. They would scream, help me. And I looked down and I said, no, <laughs> I want Rorschach to host supermarket sweep. All right. Uh, so I, how did we get here? Oh, we got here because we're talking about Guy Fieri, Guy Fieri, who's, uh, again, they start moving them all over the goddamn place. Then they start giving them, a, that's the thing. Food network taps into a fucking formula and they're going to ring it the fuck out. Like like someone's like your like your nana's your your nona's favorite recipe, 
where she's got the cards and it's got the gravy stains and, and flour and it's falling apart, but she won't commit it to another book because I guess she's got some sort of superstition that if she writes down her fucking uh, baked ziti recipe on a different flashcard, it won't be as good. And that's uh, and that's the way that works. So then they got fucking Fieri and, they, and they're putting him in all these different shows. And he's still Fieri, of course. He's not going to fucking run the gamut and be somebody different. But uh, but they start putting him in like, like I said, they gave him a supermarket and he's got a game in there. And again, like the, the chef's there. I understand it's a, it's a, you, everybody wants to make money, but there's a woman named Antonia LaFaso. She's a chef and uh, she was on Top Chef. And I guess I expect more out of the Top Chef people. I don't know why it's, there's these, this hierarchy of the food shows. There's, there's another, cause there's another show I was going to mention. Guy Fieri has another show uh, where he's, he's cooking in his backyard and I don't even know. And again, he's not cooking. He did that big bite show where he was cooking his own food, which is fine. But now he has this fucking show where it's like he has six chefs in a backyard. And it's always like that fucking uh, uh, there's there's one dude they're trying to make happen on the Food Network. And it is not fucking happening. I don't know if he's Guy Fieri's boy. He might be related. Seriously, I've, I've considered this because every show he does, he does Guy's Supermarket Games. And he does guys uh, this show where he cooks in the fucking backyard. And yeah, the guy can make a stew. So fucking what? It's all about personality on the Food Network. That's why I'm saying it's like you can get Antonio LaFaso, who she was on Top Chef. And I was like, oh, okay, this is like serious cooking. She's someone who wants to be a serious chef. And the next thing you know, she's on fucking Supermarket Sweep with a fucking devil mask on. And you're like, what are you doing, man? I mean, do you? And I guess I shouldn't judge. I'm like, do you want to be a chef or do you not? Because there was this guy. Uh, he was the Italian guy at fucking Top Chef, and he's been back because they all loved him. He was on, I can't even remember his fucking name now, but he was a dude who kept coming back for the challenges. Every every time they'd have a thing, he'd be a judge or whatever the fuck because he was really good on television. He had a cool personality and he was fun and interesting. You know what I mean? And he and he spoke Italian, and he also had that me talk like this. It was like fucking you know Mario. He jumped on a mushroom and he made you a fucking salad. It was that guy. So he uh, I can't even I, can't, I don't even remember his name. He had a restaurant by me. This is totally true uh, up on Lancashire and we were going to go to it one day. This is when I was married still. And Karen and I, we, we looked, uh, we, we actually went there in the menu and I mean, dude, like fucking spaghetti and meatballs was like $31. Like, cause he was, it, it was all top chef prices. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, he wasn't like, Hey, I'm, I'm a feed you manja manja. He was just like, Hey, make, I'm the fucking the top of chef. You know what I mean? Hey, it's a me, the top of chef. And then he, you go in, you got to pay 31 bucks for noodles and a couple of meatballs. It's like, yeah, dude. You're not, it's not that it's, it's, you're not that famous. I understand you were on TV and the girls swoon. Uh, but, but I just, I can't, I can't pay 31 for fucking spaghetti and meatballs. I did that at Vitello's here too. One time I'm just, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I'm expecting when I go. Cause Italian joints, if you want an upscale Italian joint, if you're going to make me like fucking pasta, El Chitara or whatever the fuck, uh, which by the way is my favorite wrestling organization. You ever go to, Oh Jesus, pasta, El Chitara. You go there and you see the Azerbaijan. He's fighting everybody. Um, you go see the fucking Los Ice Creams. They're 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 right there at Chitara. Uh, God, I love it. I watched Chitara one night with uh, with our friend uh, Ahmad who came to town. He introduced me to, to, to Chitara, and then Chitara followed me on motherfucking uh, uh, Twitter and reached out to me, like in a way where I'd be like, "Do they listen to the show, or did someone just who listens to them, or who knows uh, who knows?" And I know it's Chikara. I'm teasing, by the way, just in case you're gonna be like, "What's Chitara?" No, it's Chikara. And it's a fun wrestling organization. I talked about when they had the baby chop a guy. It was just, it's just a fun joint. And, and, but then it was funny. Then they reached out to me and I told them, I go, holy fuck. They just followed me. And this guy, Mike Quackenbush, who runs the fucking joint, he followed me on Twitter and he actually wrote me a note 
like on Twitter or something. It's just, just being nice. Nothing like, hey, I like you. I mean, it was just complimentary or whatever. Thanks for the mention. I don't even know what the fuck it was. It's a million years ago. And uh, but, you know, me, because I'm a fucking side hustling schemer and all that shit in my brain. I'm like, hey, you know, I'd, I wouldn't mind working for a wrestling organization. What if I could work for Chikara? even though they're on the East Coast, and I could never fucking do it. And I always think that I could talk. That's the deal. I'm always like, ah, I could just get in there and talk. So I'm not going to take a bump. What am I? I'm fucking gross. I'm old and fat. No way I'd take a bump. Um, and also, I just I got Lou Albano written all over me, and I can't have rubber bands hanging out of my fucking face. I mean, that's just the thing. If I'm in shape, it's a different story. Then I take a shirt off and I go to work on a guy. But if I'm just fat, then if a wrestling organization signs me now, I'm just I'm a bump machine. That's it. I'm just a fat guy who gets fucking railed on. I, they're just gonna fucking well. That's actually I use that word a few different ways. So they're, it's not gonna get. You remember how I talked about earlier? I was gonna help Jada to Lorenzo get railed. Uh, then yeah, they're not helping me get that kind of rail to Jakara. Although uh, maybe that's a ratings blockbuster. Who knows? You know, you see me bend over a turnbuckle and I get fucking, cause they, you know, I thought the, the chop line was a big deal. What if they all fucking run a buggering line on me in Chikara? See, this is why I can't be in wrestling. I want to, I, I know a guy who knows a guy who just got hired by WWE and I, I have people here, you know, you guys listening know that I like wrestling and are always like, hey, man, you guys should try to get a job at fucking WWE. You guys, Mike, you could fucking be great. And uh, I can't I can't get thrown into the fucking wood chipper with Vince McMahon. I would I would have some ridiculous idea. They just fucking glower at me just these because, again, he's a 78 year old man who's in infinitely better shape than me. I can't. I can't have a boss who might kick my ass. I can't. And especially in, a, in that kind of volatile, masculine atmosphere. You know what I mean? Imagine imagine having to go run an idea past Triple H and that fucking guy just fucking swells up and tears his shirt Hulk style because he hates your idea. And you're like, all right, I'll go write another fucking idea. You feel it's bad enough working on a regular show where the fucking executive shit on you. Now I can have Triple H fucking give me a goddamn pedigree. I'll, I'll take a pedigree. You know what? I'll fight for my ideas. I will fight for your honor. What's that song? I will fight for your honor. I don't think that guy was taking a pedigree, though. Uh, is that Satara? Satara can't take a pedigree. I'll take a bump from Satara. Satara want a piece of me? Write it up. Let's go. Hey, Vince, have that at your next fucking WrestleMania extravaganza. I'm from Chicago. He's in Chicago. We'll have a Chicago street fight. Me and Peter Satara. <laughs> you know, um... Every once in a while, again, as I've mentioned, and probably once a show, I go in my head, I go, you're really good at this. And this is that moment. Uh, I'm from Chicago. He's in Chicago. Let's have a Chicago street fight. We can't top that. That's fucking good. I should bail on that. Um, so Guy Fieri has this show where people are cooking in his backyard now. And it's always, and like I said, it's always the same people. That's why I call them the house negros of the Food Network. Uh, I love Amanda Freitag, but she's judging Bobby Flay or she's on Chopped. And then on Chopped, there's that... Uh, uh, Mark Murray or whatever the fuck, all these dudes and they're in a uh, Deepak Chopra or no, uh, um, Manit show show. Oh, I don't know her name. Manit something. Uh, the, and then it's funny. It's noticeable when a dude leaves, like uh, there's a, there's a Mexican chef who just left there and he's starting, he's like writing his own book and he's appearing on other shows. And you're like, Oh, he broke out. He fucking ran. He escaped from the plantation. He went to the underground chef railroad and they saved him and brought him up north to give him his own fucking show. He didn't have to get regained keep getting recycled over and over and over into these other fucking fucking broadcasts. Why did I say fucking fucking broadcast? That's see, that's what happens when you're just flying. When your mouth's just fucking moving, you can't stop yourself from saying I'd use fucking as a qualifier for fucking that fucking fucking broadcast. 
Now, if that's about a porn, because we're talking about a broadcast of fucking, or we're talking about me at Chikara's next pay-per-view, and I'm getting buggered by everybody, although I don't know why Chikara had me getting buggered. Wasn't it, did I say WWE? No, I, I got hired by WWE after my buggering in Chikara. See, that's the fucking, that's what you got to put up with in the wrestling business. You, you, you go ahead and you work at the indies, and you go ahead and, and you, you debase yourself in some weird way by having Luchasaurus or Jungle Boy throw you through a goddamn wall, and the next thing you know, you're in the bright lights. Although, I guess Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are in the in the bright lights. Um you have no idea who Jungle Boy or Luchasaurus are. I'll tell you this. Jungle Boy is actually Luke Perry, the actor's son. And he's a fighter. He's a wrestling guy. And he he looks, it's funny, his gimmick is Jungle Boy. And you're just like, all right, whatever. And then you see him and you're like, literally, he could not be anybody but Jungle Boy. You, you just look at him and you're like, yeah, no, that's fucking Jungle Boy. He's like barefoot and he's got like crazy long hair like down to his shoulders that look like... Uh, not even, I wouldn't even say like a Mowgli, you know, because Mowgli didn't have like crazy long hair, but this dude, he looks like he should be in the jungle. He looks like Jungle Boy for fuck's sake. That's it. There's, there's no other thing to call him but Jungle Boy. He makes it work. Um, so Guy Fieri has this show in his backyard. And like I said, he's got this, uh, all these chefs that, that do, that are really good chefs. Who, who's the chick that I hate? I, I, I just, she's just a bitter pill on all of her shows. She's the mean one. Alex Garnaschelli. Oh, man, that's her whole shtick is that she's the mean rough and tumble type chef and Burrell too. and Burrell does the same thing where they just get to be. I mean, and, and they came up in the fucking we chef industry, you know what I mean? Where it's like everybody had to fucking cower. They were all commies in the kitchen and they did whatever they were fucking told. And Marco Pierre White would come in and hit you in the fucking eye with a wooden spoon. That shit happened, man. Kitchens were the last bastion of fucking me too nonsense. That's why Mario Batali right now is just home making red sauce and sobbing. Literally, what's the secret ingredient in your red sauce, dude? Ah, tears and shame. I can throw that right in there. Although, Batali doesn't seem like the guy to regret the bullshit that he did. He's probably home naked in a pair of Crocs, jerking off to his old experiences of putting his finger in a girl and not asking her permission. What a fucking dick that guy is. Fucking Batali. Although, uh, good cook. <laughs> not, not that that, honestly. Uh, you know, very often... Uh, no, actually, I go the other way. Not very often do you qualify a rapist as a good cook and it gets him off the hook. It shouldn't. It did for years. Uh, but that's what Tali was doing, man. He was taking ladies and doing bad things to them. He was he was running his own buggering train, so to speak. Uh, and and just being a go read. There's articles. There's one article that was in I think the New York Times a million years ago. And then this is before like they. The media has changed. Not nearly enough, but it's changing on the fly because it's dealing with this stuff as it goes on. And it turns out like uh, they used to write those articles about like, ah, the body bad boy of cooking is out all night drinking cooking sherry and then accidentally finger blasting a lady and, and, and smiling and aha, boys will be boys. and It's the best ever. Sometimes when he came home, he had to smell his hand to know who he was out with that night. Ha ha. Mario Batali. He's a, a raconteur. He's a he's a. Uh, a fat guy who loves food and loves sex, big appetites. That's what these guys are like. These are the new bad boy chefs. And then all of a sudden everybody went, Hey, that's, um, a lot of that is rape. Like that's not good. What these guys are doing. You understand that, right? Uh, he runs his kitchen with an iron hand. Uh, uh, cooks won't even look him in the eye. And if someone makes a gnocchi incorrectly, he'll, he'll stab him in the, the shin with a fork. <laughs> They're like, yeah, that's uh, that's a bad thing. Right. You know that, right? Well, it was just a, it was just a regular fork, not a carving fork that with the two tines. No, 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 you don't understand. That's terrible, and that's why when you run into a guy like an Anthony Bourdain, you're just like, oh, 
this guy is just the sweetest guy alive. We love this guy. Everything he does is cool as hell. And then he was, but he was friends with Batali and those dudes. You know, he had to know what the fuck was going on. And again, he came up in that industry too. He'll read his book. He'll tell you stories about a chef fucking a girl outside by a dumpster on her wedding day while the wedding party's in the fucking living room. Uh, and by living room, I mean dining room because it's a restaurant, not a house. What the fuck? Um, so he, he, Bourdain captures it perfectly when he describes it. And I think I've told you, I see a lot of, I see a lot of what I did stand-up comedy-wise, in in this kind of life. I've worked in kitchens as well, and Bourdain described them as a fucking pirate ship, man. It's just anything goes, and you're all in it fucking together, and you hunker down when the fucking rush comes, and you are you got each other's fucking back. You got to be able to trust everybody. It's like a dance. And then at the end of the night, you fucking blow off uh, steam by getting drunk or doing drugs or whatever the fuck. You party together, you work together, you fucking live hard, and, and you die hard all as a group in a unit. And uh, there was kind of that feeling as a stand-up. You know, when I'd be on the road, and uh, it even, you know what, not even on the road, because on the road, you're only with a couple of comics, but even more so when you were in your hometown, if you're in Chicago and you're playing your gigs, seeing the same guys every night, you're going out to Burton Place, you're fucking quaffing yourself with some goddamn libations. Now, I wasn't a drinker, but I would still hang out with the guys or if and when it came to L.A. too, I that show on, on Showtime, uh, I'm dying up here. I think it was. I didn't see a fucking minute of it. But I know that Jim Carrey's idea, he said, hey, look, man, when I did comedy, he goes, we didn't give a fuck about the stage, really. You know, that was just where you, that was the job part. He goes, you had to be the funniest guy in the parking lot or you were fucking dead. And I, dude, I, when he said that, I was like, it made me so fucking happy because again, Jim Carrey could be a guy who forgot where he came from. He had all the success. He's also a fucking half a wackadoo. Uh, still got a check for $10 million that he wrote to himself in his fucking wallet, all those legendary stories. And then he was making $10, $20 million a movie. The guy was the fucking Riddler. He was the mask. He's all those fucking things. He's a, he's a goddamn gigantic superstar. So it could be very easy for him to just go, yes, well, it, like, because then he did stand-up. My favorite thing is when he did the thing, he, he parodied himself after he got famous, okay? And he did stand-up. And it was like, don't you hate it? When you go to take your Corvette and you realize that the green ones in the shop, like literally he, he was doing like regular standup, but from the perspective of a rich guy that no audience could ever fucking like relate to. So it was making fun of the fact that standup has to be relatable, but his life was no longer relatable, but he was going to try to write as if it were. And he got it. It was like, he gets the joke. He understands, man. Uh, he said, don't you hate it when you're with five women? And the fat one or the ugly, the ugly one looks up and says, save it for me. Uh, I mean, that is just that is fucking dark and funny and and smart and just and just and probably real and true and something he did or he was, you know what I mean? It's just it's that joke is parking lot funny. You know what I mean? Like, like it literally it could be a story you told where you're on the road. You met two girls and the ugly one said this or whatever the fuck. And look, I'm not. Don't fucking fry me for the ugly one. I'm talking about his act and his bit and whatever the fuck. Believe me, I, I like I said, I'm no great shakes. I got nothing to offer Jada or anybody else in the goddamn universe. I know, I know my place. Uh, but yeah, so so it was it was good to see you know that he was a guy. I didn't even know where the fuck how, how the fuck I got to Jim Carrey. How the fuck did I get to Jim Carrey? Oh, being funny in the parking lot. Yeah, that whole deal. Uh, that was the key thing. You know, being funny in the parking lot was your 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 main thing, and you you were ran together as a fucking band of fucking pirates. So. You were trying to impress the other comics even more so than you were trying to do the audience. Played at the back of the room. But the, the the key was you couldn't get caught up in playing too much to the back of the room because then you're fucking dead. Then you're just then you're you're a burnout case and everybody's like, Oh yeah, I love that guy. He's fucking hysterical. He's never going anywhere though, because you had to realize that there was a huge swath of people between you and the back of the room. 
So that's why, you know, you can't, you can't just work to the back of the room. You can work to the top of your intelligence because you know who you're going to get then? You're going to get the back of the room always. And then you're going to get people in the audience as well because they're going to run with you. They're going to trust you. They're going to be with you. They're going to think you're funny. Uh, and I'll tell you what, if you don't think fried and fucked is at the top of my intelligence, uh, then you haven't seen me on streaming and screaming because that is clearly where I'm doing my best work. <laughs> so Guy Fieri has this show in his backyard. I'm going to get this out. I fucking swear to God. Guy Fieri has a show in his backyard where uh, people are cooking. And again, like I said, it's Alex Gornichelli and uh, and that's like that Mark Murray, all these guys, all the judges from Chopped, because again, hot, that's all fucking Food Network does is they have these cast members who they shuffle around from show to fucking show. Now, Bobby Flay's too big to cook in Guy Fieri's backyard, I think. I haven't seen it. I don't know if he's ever been there. You know, Flay, Fieri, those are the those are the top and De Laurentiis, you know, Jada, Ina, those are the those are the top guns of the fucking uh, the the Food Network world. So they're not going to. If they do a guest spot, it's a big deal. You know, normally they're the fucking guys leading the show. In fact, they've got like Bobby and Jada doing some team up show where they go to Italy and then they put up pictures together and they always they always try to hint like there's some romance between them because I guess maybe the fucking Yentas who watch the goddamn show are like, oh, I wish Bobby and Jada had a fucking they I, not fucking no no mom is saying that. I wish Bobby and Jada had a happy ending in in Italy. That would be fantastic if they just lived together and made fucking pasta el dente or whatever the fuck forever. Um, because they'll do this thing where they're like taking up, they'll drink wine and sunlight and look into each other's eyes. And I'll, I and look, I here's this is all you need to know about me as a person. Uh, I actually kind of have a tinge, a pang of jealousy when I see it. Isn't that crazy? Like I'm talking about how they do it to fool housewives who are watching the Food Network, but it fools me too because in my brain I'm like, oh man, because again I I've uh. All I've heard, and again, I know you're like, where the fuck are you hearing things? I you hear things. I hear things. I hear things. Uh, I hear that Bobby Flay is a fucking shitbag. Like he's just not a good guy. He never was a good guy. He hadn't been a good guy. Um, good cook. I went and had his food. It was delicious. But at the same time, he was, you know. And also, but but the thing is, when I say not a good guy, apparently he was just like. He had an affair on some girlfriend of his, or he was fucking another girl. He was in the gossip pages. That was his whole deal. He he bought fully into the celebrity chef fucking ethos, and so he was fucking he was fucking and fighting all over the place. That was the deal. And maybe there's a tinge of jealousy that he got to live that life. Not that I would have been doing it. Not that I had the fucking the 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 bones of the stones. I mean, I don't know if I could fucking pull that off. But at the same fucking time, the very fact that then he's that guy. He's a he's a he's a raconteur. He's a gadabout. He's a man about town. He's a human cravat. Uh, he's, he's that dude. Okay. So, uh, and then he gets to wind up with a, with a Jada who again, please don't think I'm in any way thinking, well, if I just met her, I could convince her. No, I got nothing to offer this woman. She's classy. She's beautiful. She's got uh, lovely children. She's carved out. She's a powerful woman in an industry that did not let women do what they wanted to do. You know what I mean? She's carved out her fucking niche for herself. And so then you get people who are always like, oh yeah, it's because she's so hot. It's like, yeah, she used it. She knew. You know, there, there, there are hot women who go, you know what? I'm going to fucking weaponize this and use it to get what the fuck I want because they're powerful and smart and they fucking do it. Now, there are also hot women who are just like, hey, I like being a hot woman. And that's cool, too. I don't give a fuck. Do whatever you want to do. But Jada might have used it a little bit. And yeah, because she understands she's 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 a beautiful woman, but also she's incredibly talented at cooking. And, and I know I sound like I have a crush on her. And I, I might maybe if a 52 year old man can have a crush on somebody who's never going to meet or see. Uh, which is fine. And you all do that. I think we all have a crush on her. Uh, most of the people watching Food Network have a crush on Jada. Again, because she's so 
tiny. You just you just want to. I, I just want to Bruce the Sharker. You know what I mean? I just want her to lay flat, and I'll start at her feet and swallow her up to her fucking waist. That's all I want to do. I don't know if I'll bite her in half. We'll see what happens. She can sing Spanish ladies and I'll fucking take her down with the goddamn ship. That's all I want to fucking do, baby. Oh, I'm going to fucking take you down on and with the goddamn ship, Jada. Just fucking just fucking lay there. I'm going to bruise the shark up to your fucking waist. Oh, yeah. You're going to need a bigger fucking boat. Um, that's not that's not a bad thing. I Bruce the shark that chick. You could say that. I started her feet and moved my worked my way up to her uh, all the way up. All right. Um, I just invented a new sex term. Just like I might. Well, then again, I invented the hand solo as a fucking male camel toe. Nobody that didn't catch on with anybody because it looks like your cock's frozen in carbonite off to the left. I dressed to the left. Um, you can't dress to the right. That just seems weird. You got to dress to the left. So then when you reach in with your right hand, you can pull it out. Anyway, uh, if you're left handed, you dress to the right. Right. Anyway. Hi. Um, here's something. Let's talk more about my inseam, uh, or lack thereof. Hey, so uh, Guy Fieri has a show, <laughs> show in his backyard. This shows. This is, uh, you know, I never mind. I I can't go. I, seconds ago, I loved me. I can't fucking do a 180 on me now. I can't fucking get out the fucking shiv for me now. Damn it. Uh, so in his backyard, like I said, he's got powerful chefs. He's got these these people who do. They're on other shows and they do great work. Uh, but at, or and then I'll have other sh- chefs who don't have shows that are also good chefs that have guested or been judges on Chopped, you know. But they, they like they have this sandwich guy, this dude who calls himself the Sandwich King, Jeff, some motherfucker. I don't even know. And he's just he's he's like a broadcaster when he talks, you know. He's he's over the top. And then we got out the mortadella. Oh, shut up. Be a be a. It's okay to be a presence, but also be. Be normal. Just be fucking normal. That's all I'm asking you guys. Just be normal, right? <laughs> so there's a dude. This is what I'm getting to overall. At least Jeff is personable, okay? He can, he's a broadcaster. He talks like a broadcaster, and he, and he makes a mean sandwich. Uh, but these people will be judges on Chopped. They get worked throughout the, you know, they, they just get thrown into the fucking, the, the Food Network flume, and it's enjoy the fucking ride. Just zoom up, down, boom, boom. It's like a water slide. Everywhere you fucking stop, you stop at Chopped, you do this, you do that, whatever the fuck. You're just rolling. But there's a dude that they're trying to make happen on the Food Network, and I just, I don't... Uh, I don't get it. Like I said, I don't like I don't like Alex Cornichelli, but I can admit that she's a fucking amazing cook. Her personality rubs me the wrong way because she looks like she should be at a bridge asking questions for to you whether or not you can cross. But uh, and, and look, I'm sure that's a mean thing to say, but she just she, she's cultivated that image. I'm not I'm not the only one who thinks that. Maybe I am. I ask around. Ask are you on the, who's where are you at right now? You on public transportation? Turn to the person to your left and just go. Hey, you know Alex Cornichelli? Does she look like a bridge troll to you? Possibly. Do you think there's any chance at all that she and her friends are billy goats and they're gruff? Because uh, that could happen. Does she know the air speed velocity of a of an African swallow? Could she know that possibly? She looks like she'd know that answer. But she's but she makes the hell out of a cacciatore. She she can do that. She can make you a fucking uh, spaghetti puttanesca. She can make you a bolognese uh, and all sorts of different food. She could probably make you a fucking uh, like a uh, what's that chicken tandoori tandoori chicken. Whatever the, what's in the clay pot? I don't know what the fuck that is. She can cook it all, man. That's the whole point. Because uh, because it cost me. She got to be such a good chef because she was such a terrible person. She didn't have any friends. So she was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stay in my house and learn how to make a fucking bowl of borscht. And she did. She makes the best borscht in the goddamn world because she didn't have any friends. I don't want to cast aspersions on Gorna Shelley. I'm sure she's a fantastic lady and I can't wait to eat her food. I've never eaten her food. 
I love when people say that too. I've never eaten his food. I want to eat his food. I ate Bobby Flay's food. Uh, I, I, I'm, you know me. I'm that guy. I like to eat their food. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if I could. Well, fuck that. Who am I kidding? I could talk to Gardashelli. I could talk to anybody. I mean, I wouldn't tell her that I thought she was working at a bridge. That probably wouldn't come up in our conversation as we had a lemon drop at the bar after I sampled all of her fucking her 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 flight of appetizers or whatever she brought me. Hey, here you go. Try these, Mike. Ah, thank you. Oh, this this is a delicious rye crisp. Mm-hmm. You've made a lovely rye crisp. Well, yes, I will have a little more limoncello. Uh, this is my fantasy date with Alex Garnishelli. So, um, so Alex, though, at least, like I said, great cook. She might be a bit of a pill on camera, but that's the, that's the reputation. That's who she wants to be. She wants to cultivate that. But this fucking other dude, there's a dude now he's on, he won. Cause again, food network may have forced him on Fieri. All right, let's talk about that because I think he won their America's next top fucking cook. Cause that's another thing they do. Not only do they do the worst cooks in America, which, oh, I didn't even finish that thought. They get the worst cooks in America. Cause again, it's some guy. They're just like, Hey, can you make a pork chop? And he's like, sure. And he opens the microwave. They're like, what the fuck are you doing, man? And he's like, duh, duh. I want to win this game. You're so stupid. And then at the end, you know, they make some four course meal that's fucking garbage. And then the chefs have to eat it and go, yeah, this is delicious. I got tomaine poisoning. You know, it's just, it's just awful. I don't eat, I, whatever. The worst cooks in America is just the dumbest fucking show. Um, but then they, you know, else, oh dude, let's talk about this. Then they get the fucking celebrity worst cooks in America. And that's just fucking dumb. All right. I, 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 I don't doubt that Matthew Modine can't make a succotash. All right. And he's, he's probably too big for that show. They, they fucking drag out every D list fucking celebrity, every voiceover nonsense person, every fucking nobody that you've never, never known or somebody that you used to know uh, yet. You know what? Goite was actually on there. I think he was on there. He was someone that you used to know. Goite was actually, he, he would qualify. He would qualify and they could make that the theme of the show that year. Someone that you used to know. Uh, <laughs> so Goite's on there. He's making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and fucking it up. And, it gets, and literally, the, the celebrities are the worst because they overact. You know what I mean? Eric Estrada, like, you know, he dumps oatmeal into a fucking, uh, it, like an open pouch. And they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, yeah, I like to put it in the pouch and put some boiling water in there and shake it up and then and then pour it out. He's got a wineskin filled with syrup. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Uh, you know, and, and like I said, they always get some fucking some fourth lead or some some figure skater. That Johnny Weir guy's on there. All, and that dude's making the fucking rounds, man. I, does he... Do you like him? I mean, I don't know. I don't dislike him. I don't care. Everybody's going to make a fucking dollar. But that dude's a figure skater. And next thing I know, he's he's wearing the Henrietta Hippo costume from the New Zoo Review on The Masked Singer. You can't tell that he's the singer. Is he a good singer? Is he just a masked singer? Is he anybody good? Because he take, I saw, And look, I don't watch the show. I just catch snippets for your social media where Dr. Ken and, and everybody else is shocked, shocked, I say, to find out that Johnny Weir was the, the, the fucking giant frog, Freddy the Frog or whoever the fuck, or uh, Smart Owl. That's all I think about when I see those costumes is the new Zoo Review. Coming right at you. Um, but J- Johnny Weir will be on the Food Network. He and, was it Tara Lipinski, I think? I don't know. They hosted some fucking cake show. And I love my cake shows. You know that. But I've never been more 80-year-old woman than I am in that sense. Uh, but, but I love my cake shows and I'll watch them, but then they bring out those two to host and they're just, again, they're just grim. Like Johnny, look, Johnny, Weir, I get it. All right. He's a, he's a torch and and he, and, and that's his whole deal. He's like, Hey, I'm the gayest man alive. All right. That's cool. And I guess gay means cake, 
which says a lot about me because I watch those fucking cake shows all the goddamn time. But then he walks out, and of course, he's just it just has to get weirder and weirder. And again, I'm, be yourself, I guess, freak flag fly and all that kind of nonsense. But if you walk out there and he's you know he's wearing a purple tuxedo, and he literally he coughs up glitter. In some fucking weird extravagant magic trick. And everybody's like, yay, Johnny Weir. And then he does a spinorama or whatever the fuck they call it, a pirouette or a, uh, a sal cow. He comes out and he does a fucking sal cow in his goddamn shiny tux. Uh, and Lipinski's hot. She's got, she, it's funny. You know why she's hot, Tara Lipinski? Because she won't fix her hair. I know that sounds ridiculous. I'm just going off. And again, I haven't seen her in a couple of years. When she was on before, when she first hosted the cake show, she would come out and her hair was just this like, I, I how, how do I explain this? I, I'm going to say this, and I don't even know if this is the term. I'm inventing it right now. She would come out with dirty curls. You know what that means? She looked like she had bed head, like she just got fucked. And it was just this, but they were curls. Her hair would like ribbon down her shoulders. Uh, by the way, this might not even be Tara Lipinski. I don't know who I'm thinking of. I could be making up this whole thing. None of this ever happened. Who's Johnny Weir? Uh, I don't like cakes. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, but then again, like I said, they bring in those people because that's the thing. That's the level of celebrity. It's like when we did the, the Starface show on, on 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 Game Show Network, they were looking for a host. Pardo would have been a perfect host. We thought he'd be perfect for it. Um, but then they insisted on bringing in all these people to fucking audition and because they, they wanted a celebrity and they wound up with Danny Bonaducci. And I've talked about Danny before and he did a good job, uh, you know, when he could breathe. Um, but to them, that was a get on the Game Show Network. They were like they were high fiving. They, they, that room, that fucking room of executives exploded like NASA during the moon landing when they got Bonaducci. They're just like, it's a, this is one small step for Danny, but one giant step for us trying to make housewives watch our channel in the middle of the fucking night. Uh, and good for them. They were super excited about it, but it always makes me laugh. You're just like, all right, any, any modicum of celebrity, just like I said, they cast those dudes on that fucking cooking show. Any, anyone who used to do something who, who Eddie Haskell or some idiot was like, you know, I could badly make an omelet if that gets my Q rating up and then they show up. And that's what I mean that they oversell it. They do dumb shit where they just completely, you know, I'm waiting for the day Rebel Wilson comes in and just 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 starts making pizza from cauliflower. And everybody's like, what? Uh, what are you talking about? And she's like, I saw it once at Fresh Brothers. But then she just puts all the cauliflower in a bowl and pours sauce on it and puts it in the oven and bakes it. And then the emperor has no fucking pizza and they all eat it anyway and tell her it's great because she's sort of famous. Oh man, fuck. Why did I pull Rebel Wilson out? She's too famous to do those shows. But she seems like the kind to me who eventually will wind up on those shows. You know what I mean? One of those people who's hot now and then all of a sudden like um like Maria Bamford did it and it blew me the fuck away because I'm like I and I I know she and look, maybe she likes that kind of stuff. I I I've only met Maria, you know, a handful of times. She was super nice to me. We got along great. Uh, and maybe she was like, Hey, I'd really love to do this show again. It would expose my Q rating and get me up. And maybe she was doing the promotion for her show and stuff like that. It made sense. But, but that's always like, I, it's like Natasha Legero or somebody like that. Somebody I actually know will wind up on there. And you're like, why the fuck? What are you doing now? Natasha's busy doing a bunch of acting stuff, but eventually they might see a way to stay famous or stay relevant by going ahead and, and making cold cereal and having Ann Burrell yell at them. Who knows? Maybe that's the plan. Maybe that's the move. This is a lot of fucking spiraling off. Let's go back to the backyard. So anyway, Guy Fieri, in addition to, like I said, there's that world's worst cooks show, but then they have the world's best cooks show or the, or the next TV food network star or whatever the fuck. So then they bring out dudes and it's always like they make them go through these screen tests and they make them cook. The cooking is always the least of it. Uh, they'll pretend that it is, but they want to make sure that they're good on camera and rightfully fucking so. It's a TV show. But some dude won a couple years ago and now 
They keep shoving him down our throat. I've, I've now, again, I've, I don't watch Food Network anymore because I don't know. I cut the cord. Folks, I cut the cord. I'm independent. But uh, I happened to be with my friend Michelle. I was in her hotel room a couple of weeks ago and we were watching football uh, because I wanted to, I made her watch Bears Redskins because I'm a terrible person. Uh, we were going to go to dinner and I was like, hey, can we maybe watch the game first? What a fucking monster. She comes to town to visit and I'm like, hey, let's go watch football in your hotel room because I, I initially said, let's watch it at the bar. And she's like, well, I have a TV upstairs. And she goes, and I'm like, all right, cool. And so we went up and watched it in her fucking room. And poor Michelle, she suffered through it. And I had to explain to her, I'm like, these are the good guys and these are the bad guys. So fucking, she's just like, you're, and she was very nice and polite because she's my friend. Um, but again, we were supposed to go to dinner and then she ordered room service. And I felt so terrible because in my head, I'm like, oh, we were supposed to go to fucking dinner. Now she's ordering room service in her fucking room so I can watch a football game. What a dick. And she's like, no, no, I'm just going to get like a snack or something. And then we can still go to dinner. Um, but of course she ordered like, like she ordered like a plate of meatballs and and one other thing and it was just it was too much food like we both we both ate a few bites and then we were like well you know we don't want dinner now we just fucking had weird room service uh but the bears won so that's all that mattered anyway at that same night after the bears finished i threw on food network because that's what i do now when i'm around an unmanned television and i have the remote i'm gonna put on food network just to see what's rolling to see what chopped issue additions i've missed but uh it happened that that night was the first night of the halloween baking championship you have no idea the love I have for for uh, Halloween Wars and the Halloween Baking Championship and Holiday Wars and the Holiday Baking Championships. Those are my favorite shows. I just, when they got like fifteen home cooks trying to make a gingerbread and then it fucks up and then uh, you know uh, the Ace of Cakes is there and he tells them it's good or bad. Although now they've got the guy from Top Chef, the 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 other little gay dude. They got a bunch of gay dudes and they're judging. There's a gay dude who won Holiday Baking Championship a few years ago and this is totally funny. He was from Kentucky. So he's basically, this is not even a joke. He was clearly uh, a gay person, but he's dressed conservatively. He's wearing like overalls with a fucking straw in his mouth. Yeehaw, I'm from Kentucky, y'all. I love Kentucky. It's my favorite place. I grew up there. But you can clearly, he's, it was a lot of me and my mom and me and my aunts. You know what I mean? So you're like, all right, well, not a lot of male role models in this guy's life. That's fine. Uh, but then he, he goes through and he, he wins. So, like I said, whenever anybody wins something, they get put into the fucking threshing machine that is the Food Network, and they go right into the flumes. Zoom! Right now. Here we go. Right under the fucking the slide. So, all of a sudden, they do another show called Best Bakers in America, and he's the judge, and he walks out, and he is just... This this dude went... He's uh, he's wearing... You know what he's wearing? The Johnny Weirstarter kit. That's what he's wearing. To the point where he's even got clear polish on his nails. Uh, he's got fancy Elton John frames. He changes them every single episode. He does a costume change within the show when he's judging pastries and shit. I mean, he is living his best gayest life and good for him. I'm, I'm happy because, again, he was in fucking Kentucky. I'm sure he couldn't go to the fucking grocery store without somebody yelling a three letter epithet at him. And he's just like, ah, y'all, I'm just baking. I'm having fun. This is great. I love everybody. And then he gets home and he sobs himself to fucking sleep covered in fucking pomegranate and pudding. Uh, because he was making pomegranate pudding. I just, I guess I have a friend of mine. Oh no, persimmon pudding. That's what my friend is making. Um, so he's just covered in that stuff in his bed, sobbing because he can't live his real life. Then he wins on Food Network and everybody's like, ah, oh, Jesse, you won. That's great. And he's like, and he just flies out on a cloud in a rainbow. He's just like, guess what? I'm me. <laughs> he's gotten this permission to go ahead and be whoever he wants to be. He's free to be me. God damn it. When you win a baking championship, you can just go ahead and come out of that closet holding a plate of muffins and your balls in your other hand and just go and suck them both, baby. <laughs> I'm gay and I'm proud. Good for him. But it was a it was a jarring change because I knew him as a guy who might have been carrying a moonshine jug with three X's on it. 
And the next thing I know, he's got a fucking Dolce and Gabbana purse. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, I, is there is there moonshine in the purse, Kentucky? I don't know how this is working. No, he, he went from from Kentucky to Monte Carlo fucking quick in the spin of a spatula. Uh, <laughs> so he wins and they're, they're like, all right, this is the guy. He's now our dude. We're going to go ahead and put him on a show. And he's came out and be his, his true self. But some dude won a couple of years ago. All right. And look, I he looks too young to be doing anything. I don't, I don't know his name. All right. But he, uh, what is he? I should have done. Well, cause this is the hazards of doing a show where you don't know what you're going to fucking talk about. I've never, I've never cared enough to learn his name, but he's on all of these fucking shows. He's cooking in Guy Fieri's backyard. He's judging on guys, grocery games. Uh, he shows up on other shows. He judges on chopped because they're trying to make him happen. He's, he's, you know what he is? He's fetch. He's, he's the human embodiment of fetch. And fetch is not going to fucking happen, man. But they try. They keep dragging him out. And he looks like, uh, all right, did you ever see Grease? Which is the word, by the way, if you're not aware of that. Uh, and also, let's talk. Oh, I'll get to that in a second. Hold on. I got to finish this thought because I've been trying to talk about this kid for a fucking hour. Uh, he looks like there was a nerd in Greece. Like his name was Eddie or something. And he's like, Hey, what's going on? T birds. And then they'd shove him in a locker or some bullshit. This guy looks like the chef version of that. He's just, he's just got like a, you know, he's got a, he's got a fucking kind of a white guy fro and, uh, and just glasses. He just, he just looks like if they're going to give him a cooking show, it, it literally is going to be done. I, I don't, I don't know what he's going to make with his head in a toilet, getting a swirly, but I want to see him try. That's it. He should be, his cooking show should be in a high school and he should be making food in a locker. That's it. Because that's how much of a fucking nerd this guy is. Jesus Christ. And yet I'm sure he's a, a wonderful cook and somehow he had something that let him win the show. And I, I have to think food network executives were like, we can't let this fucking guy win, but then he won anyway. And he has personality. He's one of those dudes that when you look at him, He's, he's again, I, I guess fairly charming and he, and he can speak well and he does, he does okay. And, and, and I say that in the context of television, not in the context of being a human being, he's presenting things. Well, he gets his points across and things like that. And maybe he makes good food, but he's not an appealing TV presence, whether his voice or his, his looks, just the whole package is a fucking turnoff, man. He looks too young. He's too fucking young to be showing me how to make egg foo young. How about that? He's too young for young. That's what I say about that cat. This cat's too young for young. Uh, but sure enough, he's on every goddamn show. I hate it. It drives me crazy. Uh, that's You know what? He's the reason I cut the cord. I'm not going to lie, Food Network. If you're listening now, he's the reason I cut the goddamn cord. And the only way to make it up to me is if you somehow call me and you give me uh, fried and fucked. If we do that, but then, of course, I do fried and fucked. I guarantee you the first episode, that kid's my fucking guest. God damn it. We're going to have to tag team somebody. I can't look in his eyes while I'm tag teaming somebody. So how would we have to do if we do a spit roast? Because that, that works for Food Network, too. We do a spit roast. Uh, fried and fuck the spit roasting show with Mike Schmidt and weird fucking guy one Food Network star that shouldn't be on any other show. But they'll saddle me with him as a sidekick. And then we got to spit roast somebody. But then, but then are we going to Eiffel Tower? Are we going to high five? I can't high five that cat. I can't make eye contact with him. You know what? I'll treat him like I treated the guy in the fucking shaving cream pool at the stripper joint. I'll just give him a two-hander to the chest. He, he's, he can be in her mouth or, or, or he can go in the fucking back. I don't care. But I mean, the second he puts up the high five, I'm blasting that fucking guy and sending him flying. Fuck that guy. Not a fan. I have no idea how I got onto that. I'm not sure. 
how do we end up at Food Network Nerd? I don't know. I'm glad we got there, though. Look at what we did. We held each other's hands. We jumped into the Food Network flume, and here's where we emerged. Oh, I know what I was going to... I'll tell you one more thing. Fuck. Um, I was ready to wrap it up there, but I can't because my stupid brain doesn't work right. Uh, I just talked about that nerdy dude on Greece, like the, the, the Fast Eddie guy or whatever the fuck, or Eddie. I don't even know what his fucking name was. I Look... I just saw a story that uh, that HBO is is bringing back Greece, and I, and I know you're like, well, look, man, they did a live show of Greece on Fox. They do all these different Greases. There's a million there's Greece two, which is fucking, of course, clearly better than Greece one. Uh, but you know, we we all know the adventures of Danny Zuko at this point. It came out in 1978. Jesus fucking Christ, we got it. Zuko and Sandy and then the T Birds and everybody else. We get it. But now HBO is bringing back Greece. And I thought it was like, they're just, I don't, I didn't, when I heard it, I was like, what does this mean? Dudes, they're doing a fucking Rydell high spinoff on HBO. I look, are we this bankrupt for ideas? Has, has the bottom of the barrel been scraped so clean? You can see through to the ground below a fucking Greece spinoff again. 1978 that's fucking let's do the math on that 88 98 2008 2008 oh 41 years ago 41 fucking years ago if if you're if you're 41 years old think about this that means that nine months before uh greece came out your mom and dad fucked and then you were born the year danny zuko was born on the big screen and now 41 years later they think you care enough to want to watch a spinoff that, that also, I, I caught it vaguely. I saw that they were doing it and I kind of skimmed a paragraph and I think it's not even, it's not even about Zuko and the T-Birds and the fucking pink ladies. It's kind of about the rest of the school, almost like they did with that Archie show with Riverdale or whatever the fuck. They made it a mystery or whatever. I don't even fucking know, dude. What the fuck? What? Write another story, please give somebody a pen and paper and let them script out an idea. Yeah. Here's an idea for you. Fried and fucked. Get me Raylan Giada while she makes fucking kimchi. Let's fucking do that, man. That's that's because that's not a throwback. That that just that's perfect. That's that's not perfect. It's a dumb idea, but so fucking what? It's better than the new Greece. Is that what you're gonna call it? I think they're calling it Rydell High. I I mean, again, they're stranded at the drive-in. There's grease lightning. They take off into the sky. Sandy looks hot in leather pants. We get it. But now you're gonna do a murder mystery with fucking Rydell High or whatever the fuck you're doing. I don't. The, the 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 fucking prevalence of fantasy characters in fucking everything is driving me crazy and the regurgitating of old ideas just the fact that Disney now has got this Disney streaming and they've spent three days telling people hey guess what the Apple Dumpling game is gonna ride again the Apple Dumpling gang why the fuck would I care about that because they're going for that nostalgia button and we talked about it last week nostalgia and pussy run the fucking world but Jesus Christ the, the, the it's just Stop making shows for people who thought something in 1978 was good. Okay, can we do that? Can we just leave these these boomers or culture people or whatever the fuck behind? And I, and look, also, then we got to make shows for young people, and then we're making a bunch of reality idiots. I, I get it. I don't know the answer to this. I'm, this is an imperfect idea or an imperfect plan. I get it. But think of something besides Greece. Couldn't you have created an entirely new fictional high school 
and and gone with that. Oh, you've done that a million times before. Great. Hey, but what if you did a show about, I don't know, what if you did a show about cops? Could you do that? Oh, we've done that. Have we done a cop show? What about a fireman? We got any of those? How about, yeah, you know what? Take it. Let's do a show about lawyers that uh, people, I'm sure they would find intrigue in that. Oh, you've done one. Have you Jesus fucking Christ. They got shows set in stores now. They get show. I, I don't know. I guess they're finding any. There should just be a show every week. It's a different cast. Just and call it Flash Mob. Every week, have a different group of actors show up at like a street cafe and just do a whole fucking sitcom. Make that work. At least it's different and new and something fucking strange. But no, Rydell High. You're gonna unearth that. You're gonna dig up the corpse of Danny Zuko for a whole new generation of fucking people. And then. Again, Greece is about high school in the 50s, so it's even worse. 1978 is 1978. Okay, we get that. And at least then, the people who were maybe from like 1959, that was only 20 years later, and they were like, ah, nostalgia. Ah, yes, the T-Birds and leather jackets and Sin Caesar, and that was fucking awesome. Fine. But dudes, you're asking people in 2019 to give a flying fuck about the 50s. It's bad enough our government is trying to turn all of us and this society back into the 50s. They're trying to repeal laws against conservative judges who actually bring us back to the fucking 50s. You don't need to do it in entertainment. I mean, what are they going to do now? Are they going to swear? Is it going to be an edgy Rydell high? I don't fucking know. But it's just a bad idea. It's it's funny. I I I talked last week about how I'm too much into reading and too much into you know reading twitter or staying present and current and i want to just hibernate half the fucking time so my friend gave me a book i told her i wanted to read a bunch of different stuff and i was trying to maybe absorb some history or just get off the fucking modernity 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 track i don't know whatever the fuck stay just retreat a little bit back into classics or whatever the fuck and and i talked about fascination with traveling so she gave me a book she gave me a book called how the irish saved civilization and uh, it's by a guy named Thomas Cahill. And it's, I haven't started it yet, but it's it, apparently Ireland, when, when from the fall of Rome to the rise of medieval Europe, I guess Ireland was unconquered. And this is the vibe I'm getting just from the back cover the, and, a, and a, a couple pages in the introduction. And there were, there were people in Ireland, like churches or whatever, scholars or, or great men uh, and perhaps women. Although with the time period, that's questionable. I'm not saying there weren't great women, but I'm sure they weren't allowed to be great. Uh they preserved great works of art and culture. So they knew when this storm would eventually pass, when all the conquerings and the wars and everything happened. And and then they fucking finally stopped and blew over. And there was a new regime or whatever. They would have preserved history, uh, paintings, great works of art, important papers. And so it's a story about how basically without Ireland, there would not be a huge chunk of history having been preserved or studied. They, they kept it safe during this terrible time. And I, I thought that's that's an interesting story. It takes me back to fucking, you know, the 17th century or whatever the fuck. I'm excited to read about that. Anything that's about medieval Europe or any of that stuff, I'm going to get into. I don't need wars and Vikings and fucking Pegasi. All I need to know is I'm reading a book and uh, if there's, you know, some dude eating a fucking millet or hardtack, you know, I got a story. That's fine. I can transport myself. So I pick up this book and I'm going to pick it up right now. Uh... It's, it's from a, a collection called The Hinges of History. From the fall of Rome to the rise of Charlemagne, the Dark Ages, uh, learning, scholarship, and culture disappeared from the European continent. The great heritage of Western civilization would have been utterly lost were it not for the holy men and women of the unconquered Ireland. So I'm like, oh, awesome. So I've got the book in my hand, and I, I'm going to do exactly what I did then. I opened it, and you know how sometimes you flip to go read a little of the prose to see what you're in for? Well, here's what I did. Listen, I flipped it. 
And I flipped it open to page, uh, is this page 36 or 86? Page 86. This is not a joke. This is, I'm doing it again. I'm recreating it for you. But this actually happened. She gave me this book. I was excited to get it. And, uh, and I put it aside and then I grabbed it after a couple days and I was like, oh yeah, you know what? I want to tackle this book, man. I'm, I'm especially after last week. Cause again, like I said, last week I was just overwhelmed. I'm going into the fucking Twitter and all that shit. And I'm just, I'm burying myself in nonsense. So I grabbed this book and I read the back cover, uh, in this delightful illuminating book into a crucial, but, uh, a look into a crucial, but little known hinge of history. Thomas Cahill takes us to the islands of saints and scholars, St. Patrick, the book of Kells. I'm like, all right, this is fucking going to be history. It's going to be amazing. I flip it open to page 86. This is not a joke. This is the first line I read on page 86. I'm not fucking joking. This is literally on page 86 of how the Irish saved civilization. I flip it open. Here's the line. How these people would have loved the Batmobile. That's me slamming that book shut. Uh, what the fuck? Please. I'm begging all of you. It's bad enough that you've you've blown the dust off of Rydell High. I, I I and this is a shame and coming from me who wore a bath towel around his neck like a cape and hopped in his dad's chair with his brother and pretended it was the Batmobile, please, for in the name of all that is holy, throttle down on the Batman. Enough. I don't need I and it, it, perhaps it's just me. Because I you know, I watched Joker. I've seen it twice. Again, I don't want to spoil for people. Uh, but but just seeing everybody's hot take about Joker and, and Batman, and, and I just, I'm done, man. I can't. I just can't anymore with the Joker and with Batman and with the, and, and capes. And I just, I, I just, you know, people who they're yelling about and, uh, the, the Joker, but then they fucking loved Endgame. And I'm like, oh, I, I just, but none of it should matter. These are, these are just, this is all disposable fluff. So I actually tried to dive into something else. How the Irish saved civilization. That's the name of the book. How the Irish saved civilization. That's a hard thing to say. How the Irish saved civilization. How the Irish saved civilization. How the Irish saved civilization. There you go. How these people would have loved the Batmobile. No, no. They love potatoes. They love little guys with gold and Lucky Charms cereal. That's what they love. I'm going to go with every stereotype right now. I just, I, I just want to take a fucking shillelagh and crack that guy in the fucking head. Hey, Cahill, literally lose Batman from your Irish book. I can't do it anymore. Like I said, when Alfred was on the billboard, it's like Alfred's a, uh, an ass kicker. And now they've cast a new Catwoman, and And people are mad that she's black. And everybody's I'm like, what the fuck? Who cares? Oh, my God. We don't even need a Catwoman. I understand. Like I said, I think I said it a few episodes ago. That the Batman has to get horny. Yes, we get it. Isn't there some hot cop he could have? Couldn't he want to fucking chase some cop ass instead of fucking Catwoman? I guess who he's going to see and she's going to be hot and he's going to want her. And uh, it's just, I don't, nobody knows to know about Batman's cock. I don't need to know if Batman's cock gets hard. Let him fight Clayface, please. Could you bring a villain? The killer croc. I don't need the guy. I don't need Batman's killer cock. I need to see killer croc. That's it. Done. Give me one Batman every two years. I'll be happy. And then never talk about it ever. No speculation. No, this guy might be in it or that could happen. I don't fucking care. Jesus Christ, stop. I can't. This has been Fried and Fucked with Mike and Jada. Next week, Jada makes egg rolls, and I make sure Jada gets fucking worked. 
You guys can get me at MikeAndMikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. I'm there. I'm lurking. I'm there tweeting all the time, or at least retweeting because I'm not doing a lot of that. But I am, but I'm there. I'm trying to avoid it, but I'm not. I'm going to go read about the Irish Batmobile. I, uh, I'm available on Twitter. Go follow me there. I'm also on Instagram and Snapchat. Did you know that? I am. Mike40YOB. I put up pictures of UFO last week because I went to a UFO show. Not a UFO. I did not put up pictures of a UFO. I put up pictures of, uh, of UFO the band, uh, which was hard because the lights were out. Ha ha. Look at me making jokes about songs from 1981 or 78. Uh, oh, I'm worse. I'm, I'm just as bad as the Grease guys. I went to see UFO. Uh, see, I can't even pretend. All right, I'm, I'm awful too. Ban me. Kick me out. Uh, <laughs> what if they unearthed like Dodie Goodman? Like there's Dodie Goodman Jr. I, you know, I will only watch the new Grease if they cast only relatives of the, of the previous Grease cast. There's got to be some, some Eve Arden Jr., Dodie Goodman's daughter. Uh, Dee Dee Khan's still alive. She can be in it. Fucking get Travolta's guy. Make Travolta the science teacher. And then there's got to be like a younger Travolta. Like is Jet? How old's Jet? Can Jet be in it? Aren't his kids like all autistic and shit? What a fucking drag. But Jet Travolta, if you cast Jet Travolta in right eye high, maybe you got me. Maybe that's what you do. Maybe that's the hook that gets me in the door. Uh, Olivia Newton-John, like they're all the teachers. Is that what you're going to do? It's going to be like, welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back, Zuko. Let's go. Welcome back, Zuko. Maybe I tune in. Look at me. I just talked myself into liking this show. What the fuck? I hated it a second ago. I'm, I'm, I'm giving them the things to do to get me on board. Jesus Christ. Uh, maybe the Irish shouldn't have saved civilization. Um, Instagram and Snapchat. Mike40YOB. Find me on there, please. Would you do that? Uh, follow me. Friend me. Feel me. Fuck me and forget me. All of those apps. Fried and fucked me. Uh, I'm there. I'm those. I'm that thing. That thing, that thing. She was here last night at the Hollywood Bowl. Um, all right, what am I saying? Something important. Instagram, how did I lose my? How did I lose my place? It's the plugs. It's the end. How can you lose your place on the? Oh, Ryan, there you go. Uh, you know our buddy Ryan Dirks. He does all of the web stuff for this show, and he's the coolest. Uh, go ahead and check him out, please. He's at Facebook.com/slash Ryan Dirks. Be his friend. Uh, I owe him an email. I always owe him an email. It's, it's become a running thing now at this point. Uh, and our good friend, David Hernandez, who does all the music and the artwork for this show. You might remember him. He's good. He's cool. Yeah, you can be his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Go ahead and get on board with him there. And while you're there, go to his photo section and look at the artwork he's compiled. You know, he's tagged in all the artwork for this show. Uh, he did all my profile pictures up until about a year and a half ago, and then he stopped. Uh, and, and so now you can check those out on his photo thing. Uh, where he's got all the artwork that he was tagged in on my page. He's also done all the artwork for the Westside 86 Jokers page. You can see that if you join the fan club. Why wouldn't you? Join the fan club and go ahead and check out all the artwork that David has done. He's done amazing stuff. And then it's a community. People are in there talking and they're posting uh, pictures of things that I might like or making fun of me for things I might have said. And I can't blame them for that. Uh, so join the Westside 86 Jokers on Facebook right now. And go ahead, like I said, mainly to see David's artwork. It's pretty cool. Well, no, mainly to be my fan. I'm, it's my fucking fan club. But David's artwork is in there too. So go ahead and check that out. It's pretty cool. Uh, and while you're David's friend on Facebook, he's got a closed group, like a girl's closed group. Uh, you can find it. It's uh, This Is Dumb, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb. If you want to be a part of his uh, cult that he's calling it, go ahead and do that right now. You can join it. It's a closed group, so you'll have to ask to be uh, uh, admitted, and then he will say yes or no by giving you three questions. You have to answer them, and then he will admit you if you answer the questions properly. And please do me a favor and answer the questions properly because it's become a, it's become a thing from what I hear. 
Uh, but if you do that, it expedites the process. And then all of a sudden you're in there and you're seeing all of his clever characters that he painted for that. Uh, you know, he all the artwork he's doing now is for the this is dumb. That's dumb page. You can check out all of his cool characters he's invented. He's doing memes. Uh, he's doing all sorts of different stuff. So you want to join the club. Uh, this is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. It's a closed group on Facebook. Join it and see all of the wonders of the artwork that David's created. And did you know you can hire him to do artwork for you? Well, yes, you can. And like I said, if you're his friend, that's where it all starts. Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. You can get an idea of the artwork he's done for my show, uh, stuff he's done for his closed page. He's created characters. Uh, he's also done work for people. As you can see, I think he's been tagged in some things where he's done work for people and they just go ahead and display it on their Facebook page. He can do your Facebook caricature if you want. He does all of that stuff, anything you want him to do. Um, and you can, if you want to see the more corporate stuff that he did, which I actually enjoy, he did Valscapes, he did guy cons, and, uh, he did a lot of really good work in the past for a, for an advertising agency. And so he can show you more corporate things. Like I said, he works in oils. He works in fucking watercolors. He works in anything you need, whatever medium you want, he can get it done for you. You want to reach out to him. And, uh, like I said, first of all, facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez is your first step, but if you want to get advanced and really take a look at some of the cool stuff he's done, not just paging through his Facebook stuff. He's got a website art by DMH.com. You can see all of the stuff he does there, kind of a bio of him, who he is, learn a little bit about him and get a feel for who he is. So you can hire him to do amazing work for you. Like other people have in the past and people are still doing to this day. Every time I talk to the guy, he's like, yeah, man, I've got some commissions I'm working on. I've got some really, he's busy. The guy's fucking elbows deep in fucking paint and, and grease paint. I don't know grease paint. He's not dressed like a clown, but he's elbow deep in paint and brushes and water that you rinse brushes in. I don't know anything about art. Can you tell? Uh, but you can get him to be elbow deep for you. If you go to facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez, or if you go to his website, artbydmh.com, that's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com.
you ask we got them i reply i tell you right now sponsors again plural is wrong because we only have one sponsor but it's a heck of a sponsor who might qualify just as two sponsors as a matter of fact uh it's our good friend fearful jesuit and the uh the paranoid strain i almost said the awkward strain podcast and i'll tell you why in a second the paranoid strain podcast available right now in the itunes store go download it i'll wait I'm not going to wait. I, I, I waited as long as I could. Hopefully we got it that quickly. However, uh, it's available right now in the iTunes store. Why wouldn't you subscribe to it? That would be a ghoul, uh, a ghoul thing to do. It's well, it's Halloween. It's the ghoulest thing you could do, baby. <laughs> ah, boys and ghouls. All right. So go ahead and, and please subscribe to that podcast. Uh, it's called the Paranoid Strain. Available right now in the iTunes store. And then leave a comment if you would. Go ahead and leave a comment, a review of it in the iTunes store. Tell them you love it. Tell them I sent you. Uh, and that would be cool if you did that, please. And in this week, oh Christ, there's a new show this week. That's right. Normally I'm just telling you, Hey, go ahead and download it. There's a show. Cause sometimes it, it, it takes a couple months, man. This is an information dense podcast. He fucking works his ass off for it. I, I know our buddy fearful Jesuit. He's where he's working crazy hours, uh, working his real life and then running the whole fucking compound, getting the monks fed and all that kind of nonsense. And then, and then, and then putting together this show for you and contacting me, uh, to tell you about said show. Uh, and you can contact him to tell him about me. Look at this circle jerk we're in right now. Uh, the new show 
you know, he had the moon landing show, which was up for a while. And, but the new show folks, it's, uh, let me tell you something. He, he, um, he's going ahead and he's tackled and this is going to be a problem for him because these people are going to come for him. And I know they are, uh, he's, he's doing anti-vaxxers, ladies and gentlemen. If you know anti-vaxxers, you know what they are. They're the people who are like, hey, uh, we want babies to die. You know those people, right? And here, it's even worse. Hey, we want our baby to die. And conversely, we'd also like for your baby to die. That's who anti-vaxxers are. Um, and, if, and if you listen to this, you'll, you'll hear, first of all, he talks about being in his podcast closet. All right, you're going to hear that in the show. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have been to the compound. That is not a fucking lie. That is completely true. He has a podcast closet that he records in that he shuts himself in because he's got, again, like I said, it's a giant compound. There's houses, there's, or I'm sorry, there's rooms upon rooms, upon doors, a basement. There's a fucking upstairs and then an upstairs to the upstairs. Uh, show opens, he's in the podcast closet and then he gets disturbed by, uh, look, I, I, I know I'm giving things away at this point. Uh, his, his lovely companion, awkward Jesuit shows up. Uh, she bursts into the room. Uh, and I know you're thinking, well, that's Danny Unicorn. No, 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 no. Danny Unicorn is not happening. That is uh, that she's also in the show, but Awkward Jesuit, completely different being whom you'll hear on the show. I don't want to give it away. Uh, he plays uh, he plays like a lullaby in the beginning because he's talking about babies and then it gets to an awkward like lullaby noise. Um, and I don't, uh, how do I, like, I, all right, I should tell you, Awkward Jesuit, I actually met Awkward Jesuit, all right? Um, and now she's famous because of the show. So I guess that means that I'm famous because I know awkward Jesuit and you'll hear her on the show and be like, holy shit, Mike knows her. Yes. Uh, on this show in the first six minutes you hear, I, I you hear him. He uses the word rapacious. He uses the word, uh, repost, which I thought was repost, but I guess I'm wrong. Um, he spoils end game. I'll tell you that right now. If you're not an end game person, and you haven't seen it yet. He's going to spoil that fucking movie for you. Um, he, he talks about, uh, and also I should tell you this awkward Jesuit, by the way, she swears so much. She may listen to my show more than his. I know I'm giving things away that I shouldn't. Oh, and also he keeps trying to make straniacs happen, which, which he, I, here's my favorite thing. He's making straniacs. He tries to make it happen, but then he tries to make fun of himself for attempting to make it happen where he's just kind of like, oh yeah, oh, you're still like, you're still trying to make straniacs uh, happen. He's like, uh, whatever. But, but you know, he wants it to catch on. He wants people to call themselves fucking straniacs. Um, he taught you learn about cowpox. You learn about milkmaids getting protected by cowpox. Uh, you, you know, and I will tell you this. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm left with certain answers in listening to this show. Uh, there was life expectancy math that quite frankly didn't inspire hope. I got to be honest with you. Uh, something about more kids surviving because of vaccinating means I'll be dead by 59. I, I, I couldn't figure it. I tried to put it together. I listened to it three different times. Uh, that's not going to make me root for these kids to take the spike. I got to be honest with you. If you're, if you're in, in inoculating kids, vaccinating kids, but it's going to lead to my death at 59. Sorry, kids. Uh, welcome. Welcome rubella. It's coming and enjoy it. Um, I guess early anti-vaxxers said that using cowpox vaccine could actually turn people into cows. So that proves that this world has been just as stupid for just as long as you thought. There, there were, there are morons. He, because he tears into the fucking anti-vaxxers from like the eighteen hundreds, and he tells you what they believed, what they didn't believe, and they were all trying to spook stuff. They fucking decapitated uh, uh, doctors in effigy, and then they brought they then they arrested the headless dummies, which makes no fucking sense. Um, so, so go listen to it now. The 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 fearful Jesuits, the paranoid strain. Uh, again, remember, please, it, it spoils Endgame. I'm going to give you just a couple of phrases that you should remember when you're listening to the show. Tantra and Melchior. Go ahead and listen to, and, and find out. That, you know, this is a, it's a little matching game. Uh, malaria by a mile, which sounds like a fantastic fucking nature show. 
Uh, that's a phrase you'll be looking for. And Istanbul and Constantinople, you'll be looking for that as well. Um, and I will, I look, I have to share this with you. Uh, th- this is, this is clearly his most personal show. He, he gets actually angry because this hits home. It endangers, uh, you know, all anti-vaxxers endanger us all. But if you have children, they endangers your children. And, and, uh, of course our friend fearful Jesuit has, has a young one that he doesn't want to see falling prey to people in their stupidity. So, uh, certainly his most personal show. And I will tell you this far more pus talk than I look for in a podcast. This way, way, way more pus talk than I've ever wanted to hear in a podcast, but it's there and it's waiting for you right now in the iTunes store, uh, anti-vaxxers, the new episode of our good friend, fearful Jesuits podcast, the paranoid strain available now for download, put it on your uh, machines, wherever your machines are sold, listen to it on your iPod vagina. And, uh, and I'll tell you what it's not. It's uh, it's a man. It is just like listening to a fucking history. I can't even like, I didn't go to college, but this, this just seems like an instructional fucking podcast along with entertainment and fun and music drops. And, uh, it's just damn good work. So go listen to the paranoid strain available now in the iTunes store. Please, please, please download it. Please, please, please contact them. Paranoid strain at gmail.com. Write them a note and tell them, Hey, we love the show. And Mike told us to uh, download it. And so you, the by proxy, you should love Mike and that'll keep him on board and, and, and have him continue to fucking sponsor the show. I'd appreciate it. Why not? Hey, I do cameos. Did you know that? As a matter of fact, just before this show, I did one uh, after, after my voice was fucked probably because I was streaming and screaming, as you know, uh, voice was fucked and fried, but I had to do a cameo. Uh, I have another one pending. I have a couple more in the pipeline here. Uh, thank you everybody for thinking of me and having me involved. I will tell you this. Most of the time I do these, it's for people I, that are friends of the show or listeners. You know what I mean? So everybody I've done them for are for people who know me. But then, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, somebody hired me to do one for, uh, basically a porn star. And I did one for her. And then, uh, somebody else just recently hired me to do one for people that I've met, but I don't know. They, they, they wouldn't remember me clearly. But, um, and that's always awkward because with the other shows, I just kind of let loose, man. I fucking go both barrels and I, I talk about this, the show, every other thing. Cause you're kind of familiar with me when it's just them hiring me to talk to somebody I've never met. Um, I do the same thing, but I always wonder how it's going to be received on the other end. Cause if it's somebody just going, who the fuck is this guy? Someone not predisposed to like me. I always wonder, but you know what? Let's find out together. Book me for your cameo, buddy. Have me tell, uh, every, all your coworkers that they're the best. Have me tell your boss. He's the fucking worst. Whatever you want me to do, I can do nice cameos. I can do roasting cameos. I can do mean cameos. I can do friendly cameos. I know our friend Eddie Pepitone is on cameo. Last night, he put up, uh, our friend Lizzie Cooperman put up a, a video on Snapchat, and it was uh, Eddie Pepitone, and he's like, I have 14 cameos to do. And she's like, you have 14 fucking cameos? And uh, and that's what I aspire to. I, I, I would love to be doing cameos all goddamn day. So why wouldn't you hire me? You can put the cameo app on your phone or go to bookcameo.com and check it out. Uh, and hire me to do whatever the fuck you want for graduations. Halloween's coming up. I can say boo at somebody. Why the fuck not hire me for cameo? I'm the best, the best, the best, uh, the best, uh, isn't that, was that the karate kid song? Yeah, the best maybe, uh, who wants to drive for Uber or Lyft? You, you use my code Uber DJZW1YTTUE Lyft Mike 720057. All lowercase for Uber, all uppercase for Lyft, M-I-K-E-720057 for Lyft, D-J-Z-W, the number one, Y-T-T-U-E for Uber. Use them if you're a first-time rider. I'll get a fucking ride for no good reason. And use me, use them, use us for uh, if you want to be a driver. And then I'll get a spiff of some sort. 
Um, and if you've signed up and, and, and you're thinking about it, why not do it and get me that spiff so I don't have to keep checking? I don't really keep checking. If you sign up, great. And if you wind up driving, that's also great too. So thank you for thinking of me. Um, so drive for Uber and Lyft. Hey, we got a YouTube channel. Go check that out. All the uh, podcasts are archived there. There's some stand-up. There's other stuff coming soon in the future, as we talked about. Uh, so go to MikeSchmidtComedy. Ooh, no, don't do that. Go to uh, YouTube.com slash The 40-Year-Old Boy. And, uh, or put in my name, Mike Schmidt. You'll find me. And, uh, and there's all sorts of stuff. There'll be Twitch clips coming. Uh, really cool, fun, amazing. Na- uh, it's my own TV network, and I've not programmed it. I'm waiting for the, my Grease remake to be fucking greenlit that I just came up with on, in, the, in, a, in 15 minutes ago. I've put it out there into the ether. We'll see what happens. Uh, so I've mentioned the Paranoid Strain. Go ahead and get them. There are, there are uh, sponsors. Uh, have I mentioned Amazon? I have not. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com and go to the merchandise page, which is the Joe Business page. Click on the Amazon link and, hey, man, we get money, they get money, you get stuff. You're in there shopping. You're doing great things. You're, you're floating around doing cool stuff. And, uh, and you're making it happen. You're buying things and bringing them home. And, 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 uh, and we're getting a taste of the gig because you're going to Amazon anyway. We all know this. It doesn't cost you anything but time. Ten fucking seconds. You go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, click on merchandise, click on the Amazon link. Boom, you're shopping and we get a taste of it. Thank you so much for thinking of me. I appreciate it. If you haven't thought of me yet, the fuck are you waiting for, man? I'm, I'm pitching out fucking Uber Lyft fucking codes and cameo. I'm a side hustle king. Until I get my shows greenlit, I need to be doing this and I need to be making money through you guys. So please use the Amazon link. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, click on the merchandise page, and then click on the Amazon link that's floating there on the wall. And then when you're shopping, I get a taste of the gig. That's pretty cool. Hey, Patreon exists as well. I have a Patreon. It's a uh, go to Patreon. I believe it's Mike four zero YLB. But if you just put Patreon.com and you put Mike Schmidt in there or 40 year old boy, you're going to find me. Go to the page and become a subscriber. That'd be fucking perfect. I'd appreciate it very much. It keeps this show afloat, keeps me afloat, honestly. Uh, and it keeps cool things happening. I told you in the uh, coming year, I I'd love to start going out and touring. I want to do at least one. I, I, I ideally I would do two shows a month, but if I could do one show a month on the road, I'd be very happy. Go around a theater in a city and come out and do some time and have fun. Meet you guys, do some performing, uh, all building up to possibly doing a CD, which everybody makes fun of me for because everybody knows that technology is dead and what the fuck I know. And it's so funny because in my brain, I'm like, I want to, I want a living record of what I've done of a tour but I'm like, you could just fucking record it and put it on here. I mean, I, I do a fucking, I have a living record of my life for the past 12 fucking years. And essentially the whole 52 years is just, it's just in podcast form. So fuck thinking I need a CD, which uh, it's mainly about the artwork. I love the artwork that, that David comes up with. And then, uh, and then having a CD is, you know, it's a cool thing to say, Hey, I got a CD. Um, until you've, I haven't done a CD in six years and everybody's like, you need to do another CD. And I'm like, oh, damn it. I'm supposed to. Uh, so the, like I said, the Patreon page helps that sort of stuff come to life. You know, I, like I said, I want to go on the road. I mentioned Ireland. Um, I'm booked. I'm going to be in Ireland, April 29th through May 11th. And, uh, and I'm there and I'm, I'm planning on doing a show in Ireland and I would love to get to England to do a show as well. And, um, you know, it's a work trip. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I can to go see fucking meadows and, and drink Guinness or whatever the fuck I got to try. I've been told when I'm there. Uh, eat some fucking, uh, boiled beef or whatever. But, um, but, but I want to perform, I want to perform in Europe and, and, uh, who knows, man, do I think that'll open up a, a fan base? You know, other people go to other countries and get big or whatever the fuck. I'm not planning on getting big. I just want, I just want to do this and make a living at it. I just want to fucking, I, I don't want to survive anymore, man. I'd love to fucking 
go on the road and, and thrive and see you guys and do shows. And yeah, I know, boo-hoo, whatever the fuck. You're very nice. Thank you. But I mean, I want to do it. So become a patron at Patreon. That would really help me toward my goal. Uh, and all the cool things. Using the Amazon link. Anything you do that brings a penny into this fucking show uh, really helps, man. It's, it's, it's. Like I said, keeping me afloat and keeping plans. And I, I didn't fuck around. I booked Ireland. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be there. I mentioned the t-shirt thing last week. We're working on that. And um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Uh, and the worst thing is like when you, when you cost yourself money, because that's the thing I need. Uh, I, I'm, I, you, nobody likes costing themselves money. Is there anything, is there anything worse than when you do something fucking stupid and you cost yourself money? This happened. I went to fucking Shannon a couple of weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago. I, and, and I'm just, I'm, uh, I, I'm telling you because I saw her again this week. But, um, you know, I have to pay Shannon clearly. So, uh, I, I should just, and she takes a check, which is fucking ridiculous, man. How come I can't let me venue vote you for my brain. Can I do that? But she doesn't do it. And I get it. it's for her records and that's the way it works. So I got to pay with a check. So, uh, three, and I always, the thing is I go to the gym at 10 in the morning and I work out to like 10 after 11 quarter after 11. Cause we try to bust it super quick. Then I got to come home, shave, shower real quick and get to Shannon in 45 minutes. So a lot of times I'm on the run and I'm hustling. So I reached in, I grabbed my checkbook and I went to her fucking appointment. We had a great one. We sorted some stuff out, peeled the onion a little bit, cracked my head open, wrote her a check, walked out of there. And, uh, and then it was funny. I was with my buddy, Justin, who was in town and we went to have lunch and I got a notification that I had bounced a check. And I went and looked and all of a sudden my account was like fucking, I didn't even want to get into it, but I'm looking and I'm, and I, I'm like, I haven't spent any money at it because I have a work account and I have a business, a, a, a home account. I'm like, well, I haven't used the fucking work account. I mean, I use it for certain things, but I hadn't used it yet. And, uh, I keep a certain amount in there, whatever the fuck you don't care. Uh, I knew where I was. I was fine. And then I looked at it. I'm like, how the fuck did this happen? And I go in, I sign in and, uh, in my haste to get out of my house after shaving and showering and get to Shannon on fucking time, because I don't want to make her wait for me because fuck, I'm an idiot. Uh, and I'm not an idiot. Be kind to yourself. I I made a mistake, but I, I grabbed the wrong checkbook and I wrote her a fucking check on my work account. And, and dudes, there's, there's nothing worse than losing money. Okay. Let's talk about that. I bullshit. Losing money is fucking terrible. Okay. But there's nothing worse than losing money that you didn't have to lose because you made your own fucking mistake. And I feel like I've told the story on this fucking show a million fucking times where I stepped on my dick and I cost myself cash and it happens all the fucking time. And then you're just like, why I'm 52 years old. How the fuck do I make these mistakes? I know the blue checkbook is work and the gray checkbook is home. That's what I know. There's no fucking reason to make that mistake. But sure enough, because I was hustling, I'm in a hurry. I read her the fucking check. Even on the check, one says my name, one says throat punch. I know that. But yet I bring the fucking check. I read her a check on throat punch and Jesus Christ, there's nothing worse. You cost yourself fucking money. You spin yourself the fuck up. And it cost me like in the, in the end, you know, with the fees and everything else, it cost you like fucking 60 bucks. And I can't be spending 60 fucking dollars. Like when you get a parking ticket, you're like, oh man, 60 fucking dollars because I parked in the wrong air. Jesus, fuck. You want to kill yourself. You want to just jump off a fucking bridge or take your car and run over a fucking meter maid and just go, really? Really? You're going to cost me 60 fucking dollars that I parked in the wrong fucking air? It's air. It's earth. Don't fucking do this. Parking's a racket. Meters a racket. What the fuck is wrong with you? How would you put me through the fucking ringer like this? I can't believe it. Me, it's people who like me. I love me, but.
But if you love me, I love you Cause you know why we both love me How great am I? Let's talk about that for a while And by a while, I mean forever Podcast! Podcast! Podcast.